Author and podcaster Glennon Doyle recently wrote an Instagram post to Adele after the singer had to cancel a show tour at the last minute because a number of her team members had COVID. But Glennon's post had a much larger resonance and now over 220,000 likes. Here's what the post says. COVID is killing us mentally because no one is showing us how to adjust our expectations of ourselves and others. We are killing ourselves trying to make things work like they worked in the old world, and we can't do it. We cannot make things work, but it feels like we aren't allowed to say that because no one is brave enough to say, no, this cannot be done right now, enough. But you did, and it's going to free people, I swear to God. You are a beautiful leader, even when you don't know you are leading. Go easy on you. Today's episode is a radically practical way to adjust your expectations of yourself. My guest is Susie Redding, psychologist, self-care advocate, and author of several books on the subject, including her latest one entitled End Breathe, Self-Care Journal. Heads up that there is a book giveaway at the end of this episode, so stay tuned. So I ask Susie what she's seeing in her practice right now. I'm seeing depletion. I'm seeing grief. I'm, I'm seeing just this. It's a fracturing. And it's, it's sort of like this. It feels like a bit of no man's land. Because normally I see people and they're having a tough time for this reason. And this person's having a tough time for this reason. But everyone's having a tough time at the same time as family and friends, as caregivers, as the professionals. So it's like this perfect storm, isn't it? One thing that might make it hard to adjust expectations of yourself, especially right now, is all that shoulding. I'm hearing an awful lot of, I should be coping better. I should be stronger. I should be more resilient. Um, I should be over this by now. Other people have got it much worse. I don't know why I'm struggling so much. And it's, there's a whole heap of blame and shame. I asked Susie to create a toolkit for you in case you're languishing or feeling depleted and want to cut yourself some slack, but don't know where to start. Glennon said no one is showing us how to adjust our expectations of ourselves. Glennon Doyle, meet Susie Redding. Let's dive in. Ooh, oopsie, hang on. I got so into today's subject, I forgot to say hello, waving frantically over here. I'm Dr. Mandy Leto, and this is Enough, the podcast. And now, Susie Redding. How do we get started? Can we start with tenderness? Can we just start with hands on heart, just taking a couple of smooth, relaxed breaths and just allowing us to be as we are right now? No judgment, no right or wrong. This is just how it is right now. And doesn't it feel good just to breathe? Mm -hmm. Nothing fancy required, just a couple of calm, relaxed breaths. And I think it's a very gentle process of getting to know ourselves. Yeah? peeling back the layers and actually taking a look and noticing day by day. You know, every day we wake up with a different capacity 
And I want to encourage people to not only notice that, but to actually say, yeah, it's okay, right? There are some days when I will feel like I'm cooking with gas. And there are other days where it's enough to blink and breathe, right? (laughs) And this is just the nature of being human. If we can just start with noticing, right? Because how can we pace ourselves if we're estranged from ourselves? And, and in that pacing, there's, there's, a whole, there's a whole heap of getting to know ourselves required. There's noticing what kind of sleep we've had. We're noticing whether we're hungry, whether we're dehydrated, what kind of emotional tones are circulating. Where is our mood at? Where's our head at? Have we got access to a sense of humor, right? Once we get to know ourselves, once we've just compassionately observed where we're at, well, then... We, we can do things differently, right? So I think place number one is tenderness. And then let's, let's get to know where we're at today and give ourselves permission to do things accordingly, right? To adjust our expectations of ourselves and others and to maybe, you know, on a nuts and bolts level, actually take a look at what we've got scheduled in our day and give ourselves permission to say, yeah, that thing is a non-negotiable. But actually that thing, I can car park that thing until tomorrow. And can we please, please, please make sure that there is some kind of white space built into every day so that we have the opportunity to bear witness. We have the opportunity to nourish ourselves and to to soothe our poor frazzled nervous systems. What Susie's sharing here is a practical application of what I talked about in the last episode around MVP, Minimum Viable productivity. On those days when you're clearly not cooking with gas, check your diary. What can you move or delegate or get rid of altogether? These might be the days to start practicing MVP, even with your non-negotiables. So can you order in for dinner? And I know that this implies privilege. Can you adjust your expectation of yourself according to whatever your energetic bank balance is looking like? Another of Susie's brilliant phrases. This concept sounds so stupid simple. Checking in with yourself and getting clear on your energetic capacity in light of what's happening for you that day and adjusting what you can accordingly. Oh, and with tenderness. Anybody whose inner critic just came up at the T word, tenderness. Susie, what can we do if giving ourselves tenderness feels a step too far? And we come from just a place of acceptance, basic self-respect, yeah? If gentle feels like the pendulum swing is too big, then can we just just ease back a touch? Let there be a fundamental respect for the fact that we are a finite resource, yeah? We effortlessly, generously recharge our mobile phones every night or whenever they need charging. We top up our car with petrol when it needs. The fact is we are no different. If we can just give ourselves that basic respect and hopefully in time to come, we might be able to tiptoe into those realms of tenderness and gentle coaxing, nurturing, loving in a dialogue, but baby steps. Okay, so after tenderness, where do we go then? Okay, 
So we've got tenderness and we've got self-insight, getting, getting to know where we're at. I think there are some other skills that are really essential. The ability to regulate our nervous systems is really, really key here. Yeah. So I think that's really the thing that, you know, if you want to pace yourself, essentially, that's our ability to make measured decisions. And if we're in the stress response, it's bloody hard to think straight. So learning how to soothe the nervous system is really fundamental to being able to pace ourselves. And for anyone that's not well versed with that, it's it's actually remarkably simply done. It can be in a breathing practice. It could be in gentle forms of, of touch, maybe self-massage, even the simple act of massaging in some hand balm. Um, it can be having a stretch. It could be movement. It could be immersing ourselves in nature's beauty. And it is always, always tethered to kind, encouraging self-dialogue. There's no point doing any of these things if there's still that vitriolic attack in how we speak to ourselves during it. And I know that you are the queen of mantras that are just such a tonic and such a bomb. I There's so many of yours that I use. My favorite one ever that you use that I use when I'm learning how to self-soothe is when I notice myself getting all clenched up about something that I can't control it, or I just get into that kind of aquaplaning, heady energy. What I realize is, oh, I'm all clenched up. My jaw is clenched up. My muscles are clenched up. And I realize that I, this is a moment I, I can choose to self-soothe. And I don't need to lose my shit. So I can just breathe <laughs> in this moment and say, I soften into this moment. And it's Beautiful. such a simple, I cannot tell you how many thousands of times I have it said this in my head. I soften into this moment and everything unclenches from my jaw to my butthole, just everything just uh, <laughs> unclenches in that moment. And I'm wondering if you have a couple of other practices so that we're kind of putting out a buffet for all of our overachievers and perfectionists who want to learn how to self-soothe and rely less on external validation. What else you got for us? Okay, amazing. Um, now, for anyone that's sort of feeling like <sighs> headless, you know, that sort of dissipation of mental energy with thoughts pinging, you know, if deadlines are looming or we're just sort of feeling <sighs> that compulsion to do, I think saying to someone in that state, hey, relax, soften. <laughs> ah, we'd love to, but how do we access it? Sometimes we need a little bit of gentle exertion first. So there's, um, there's a mudra or a gesture in yoga that I, I'm really enjoying this at the moment because it brings me into connection with this moment and sort of dials down the noise. So if you take one hand on top of the other and then hook one set of fingertips on top of the other. This is called monkey grip. Um, now, make sure that your forearms are parallel to the floor, so your elbows are level. Now, try and pull your hands apart. Yeah, try and pull your hands apart. Now, obviously, you will feel your hands working. You'll feel your chest, your arms working. But can you also feel your tummy muscles leap into action? If you let it go a touch and then re-engage, feel your tummy. Yeah? Okay, and then let that go. Now notice how much easier it is to relax after that gentle exertion. Much easier to relax. I love that gesture because it, it brings me into the now. 
and it connects me with my personal power, you know, that, that strength that lies right at our core. So that's the first thing that I do. And then there are some other, you know, this, this could be a little pick and mix or, or you could thread these little gestures together. The other one I really enjoy, this is something that I do more towards the end of the day. It might be at a red light or when I'm waiting for my little one at the school gate or when I'm watching telly. If you take one hand and wrap it around the other hand's thumb, it doesn't matter which thumb you hold on to. It could be either. You choose which feels better for you. Now, I'm not just holding my own thumb. With this gesture, I am imbuing it with a sense of I can be here for myself. I can bear witness. And again, I can just remind myself that I can take a couple of smooth, relaxed breaths and I can extend a little compassion towards myself. Okay, so we can do this while we're watching telly. And then in other moments, let's rub the hands together now. Create a little bit of heat with your hands. And then again, with love and nurturing tenderness, can we place our hands across the heart? And this is where that mantra, I soften into this moment. I love that one. I use that regularly, but I might add to it. I might say something like, I can be my own safe place. Yeah, I give myself permission to feel. And when the cynical voice comes up, mm -hmm. <laughs> I can make peace. I can make peace. I can make peace. I allow that voice to, to, to pipe up and it's just, there's a chorus of voices. That's just one of them, right? I can tune into a different one. I can, I can tune into that. I call it the inner elder. There are lots of different names for it, whether it's the inner cheerleader. I like the inner elder, you know, that future gray-haired version of ourselves or, you know, reflecting on someone who's been meaningful to you in your life or just an imagined elder. And they always have something encouraging to offer up. And it's normally led with some kind of pet name. Have you noticed? Like they, they never say you or I. It's, it's always sweetie, hun, darling lamb my little lamb it's okay right that voice is there as well we just need to pass the mic over to them I love that okay so there's there's a whole pick and mix there of mm -hmm. ways to start the lifelong practice of self-regulation and self-soothing which is so important on this journey coming back to our wholeness thank you so much for that so what's next on the journey Mm -hmm. Well, we talked about some of those, you know, the nuts and bolts skills of pacing yourself. What does that actually look like? I've been reflecting a lot on goal setting recently, obviously, you know, with the, the you know, dawning of a new year, naturally, we tend to consider how we're doing things. And I think when it comes to pacing ourselves or creating any kind of change in how we design our day, I think just some very, very simple tips, you know, a, a, along the lines of what we've already talked about, making sure that there's white space in the diary so that we're not so overscheduled. It's a matter of taking a look at our to-do list and refining. And, you know, this is something that I fall into. I, I, I get so rigid about that to-do list. If I've written that for myself the night before, I kind of feel like that's, that's, that, was the, that was the goal that I set for myself. But it's just learning that we have to modify accordingly to 
to where we're at. And as we've already said, every day is different. I think some other just very, very simple practical tips that allow us to pace ourselves better is simple things like reducing the number of choices that we have to make in a day. So what kind of things can we bring into automatic pilot? So instead of, you know, at the beginning of our day, opening up our wardrobe and being faced with a gazillion choices for our work outfit, can we just earmark five different work outfits and just alternate between them? Like these are simple things that just free up our decision-making capacity for other more important decisions. I love that being able to automate certain things, thinking about what you're going to eat in advance. I find that I get very depleted and then I get really hard on myself. And I have this expectation that I must make these home cooked, organic, super healthy meals. And I must look like I'm getting ready for a photo shoot or something along those lines. So just being able to adjust our expectations, not necessarily by lowering them substantially, but by thinking of pre-thinking some things. So my achiever part is like, oh, I like that. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Doesn't mean everything's going to you know, reduce to a smoldering heap. Uh, so it's just small tweaks like that can be useful for self-pacing. Absolutely. But- small tweaks. And, it's, and we can even get more prescriptive. Um, you know, it, this is not just, you know, I completely agree with you. Planning and organizing in advance our meals, maybe when we exercise, maybe even identifying windows of opportunity for socializing. So instead of thinking to ourselves, oh God, you know, where do we start? Well, you just know that there are certain nights of the week that work better. And you, that's, you know, we just keep things simple in that way. But also when it comes to nourishing ourselves, I think rather than in the moment we've identified I'm feeling frustrated or maybe I'm feeling lethargic, instead of then having to try and brainstorm a toolkit well, why don't we do that proactively when actually we're feeling creative and resourceful? Actually write down a list of primer statements. So when I'm feeling disconnected, then I will a number of different choices. So this is what I'm talking about. This is how we can get organized to reduce the number of choices that we face in our day and get nourishment onto the radar. Okay, so here's the thing. You're busy, which is why you're listening to this podcast. And it's likely that you're not going to sit down with a cup of tea and pre-plan what you're going to do when you feel overwhelmed or crusty or exhausted, or you're talking to yourself with expletives. So here's what we're going to do. Let's, as in right now, come up with some answers to these sentence stems so you have something up your sleeve for those crusty moments. I'm giving you some examples here, but create and fill these in according to your own needs. So here we go. When I'm feeling depleted, I will stop and breathe and see what I can ditch, delegate, or move. When I'm feeling frustrated, I will do the monkey grip and let the frustration go on the exhale the best that I can. When I'm feeling super hard on myself, I will say, I soften into this moment and breathe. Okay, your turn. I'm going to read the sentence stem and I'm going to use the same feelings. You can swap those out at your own leisure, but we got to work with something here. So I'm going to give you the feeling and you fill in the blank in your mind. So you've got something ready to roll when that feeling strikes. Here we go. When I'm feeling depleted, I will. 
when I'm feeling frustrated. I will. When I'm feeling super hard on myself, I will. And even if the answer to all of those statements was, I will take a beat and breathe, that's okay. It's just having some kind of intervention at the ready. The trick is to remember to do them. And what's the final step then? Self-forgiveness. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Self-forgiveness. I think, you know, if we can just... I don't know whether this is an Australian phrase that no one else knows. Can we just throw ourselves a bone? <laughs> right? Yeah, I've heard that. We heard that in Canada as well. Yeah. Okay. If we can just, just give ourselves a little grace. I think as we've already identified... We live in a culture that glorifies grit, but can we, can we learn to applaud grace? Yeah. And can we extend a little grace to ourselves, allow ourselves to be normal, fallible human beings who will sometimes say the wrong thing or overcommit or miss a deadline, <gasps> heaven forbid, right? Or submit something that maybe isn't to the usual standard. Can we just give ourselves a little grace. Can you tell us before we leave, can you tell us a little bit about your brand new beautiful book and breathe a self-care journal? What inspired you to create this book? Okay. I, I wanted there to be a resource that could help people get clear on what healthy habits actually look like for them. So in all of my books, um, I talk about, you know, what's healthy eating? What, what are healthy sleep habits? What's healthy movement? What does healthy social connection look like for you? But I, I wanted people to have space to actually reflect and to jot down how that manifests in their life now. Because how that might have looked a year ago, it might be completely different now. So it's, it's, it's a... I want it to be a kind companion that has reflective prompts that helps people get clear on the nourishment that they need. And then there are sections where, for example, goal setting tips, um, how to make healthy habits, um, how to break things down, how to take a look at potential obstacles. So it really it's, it's how can we remove the barriers and weave the nourishment that we know that we need into everyday life. It sounds like the perfect anti-languishing recipe. Thank you for that. I ask every guest to lay a brick of wisdom, something that having had this conversation now, and I'm feeling so topped up after this, something that you want to leave with listeners, one piece of wisdom, insight, a word, a phrase, what's present for you right now? I think it's just understanding that really beautiful things bloom from self-compassion and understanding that self-compassion, there's an active component to it, right? I think we talk a lot about bearing witness and noticing, but in our conversation today, that noticing has been coupled with restorative action, right? And that's why self-compassion is so powerful because it's noticing, but it's also coupled with 
helping ourselves or someone else alleviate that suffering, how can that be weakness, right? How can resting be weakness? How can pacing ourselves be anything other than incredibly smart, diligent even? So let's, let's learn. Let's learn the skill of self-compassion. This is one of those episodes that you might want to listen to a second time. The second time around for capturing and writing down all those bits of wisdom so you actually remember how to take restorative action. I love Susie's parting reminder that self-compassion has an active element. It's not just about noticing. You actually have to take action, create some habits so that you get the benefits. And I really hope that you will. Speaking of action, who do you know who needs this episode in their ears right away? Thank you in advance for sharing it. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. I have 10 copies of Susie's brilliant new book to give away. All you need to do to win is to write an Apple podcast review of Enough, the podcast, take a pic of your submitted review, and email it to my team at hello at mandyletto.com. That is hello at M-A-N-D-Y-L-E-H-T-O dot com. The first 10 to send me that pic of their review will get a copy of Susie's book posted to them. So get reviewing! Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. I will see you in two weeks.